Roxy Soxy. <gasps> Good morning, Tam Tam. How is it in Los Angeles right now? Girl, we're about to hit an entire shutdown yeah, of the city. We're going to like major lockdown. I think you can't even you're not even supposed to go outside for exercise. I think, I think they said strict. you'd get fined. Is that? Yes, yeah. I think so. I think so. So, hey, I guess that means I don't have to work out today. <laughs> Roxy's getting like 20 misdemeanors. She's going to be fined all the time. <laughs> no, but you. Oh, yeah. So we're like dealing with that. It's kind of it's kind of crazy here. How's Texas? My it's home good. State. It's interesting because. Austin's a little bit different than Texas. I feel like it's right. so, I feel like it's really, um, I don't know, it's kind of like they say, keep Austin weird. It's really yeah. awkward and weird and I kind of love it. But to be honest, we haven't left really for a week. We've only got here a week ago and we haven't really left because, you know, I'm really worried about what's going on and I don't want to like risk being at a restaurant because things are open here, like hair salons and nail salons and massage mm-hmm. places. They're all open. You have to wear a mask and you have to take precautions, but everything's open. And that kind of scares me a little more. And mm-hmm. as much as I think it's wonderful for the businesses, I'm always like, well, that's also going to create more cases. And then we're ultimately going to shut down anyway. So if we could all just shut down for two weeks, <laughs> like completely, then we can try, we can try to move into some normalcy, you know? Well, I just like I just keep thinking about this. I keep thinking, oh, my God, a year back, like a year ago, like think about how different the world was. Like, oh, my goodness. We were coming and going as we please. We were drinking. We had like girls holiday dinners. So we used to like actually kiss you on the cheek. (laughs) I'm never going to kiss you again. I know. We're going to be like this forever. We're never going to touch anyone. No, it's terrible. (laughs) No, it's literally awful. The one thing I'm excited about is we have someone that I um, I never told you this because why would I? Um, but when I was 15, like, I don't know, like 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, around that age, I would um, get up really early and eat mm-hmm. uh, rice cereal. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know why. I get up at like six o'clock in the morning. Is that like, eat rice, like, rice, like rice Krispies or Puffs or whatever they are. And I put raisins. I was going to say Sultanas because Sultanas is like what raisins. What is that? And, yes. Sultanas <laughs> is raisins. And I just got so Aussie when I said that. It sounds Sultanas. like a shoe. It sounds like a shoe brand, like Sultanas. Sultanas in my um uh, my Rice Krispies, uh, my wheat bakes. And I would sit and watch episodes of Step by Step with Suzanne Summers. Oh, yes. That's another classic of hers. I, yes. I forgot about that, but you're right. Yes. Um, but I used to watch... They're like, I used to watch some earlier, but I'm never going to tell you my age. Totally. Like, oh, I forgot that one. That's when I was actually like, oh. like having fun because I was, you know, out with the boys. I was like, when I was a kid. <laughs> it's so funny. I remember they used to have this thing called like TGI Friday. I think it was on Friday. Yeah. Uh, but I would sit, sit with my I know better be Fridays. I would sit with my parents and watch these reruns of um, Three's Company. The show See, that I've never on, even like, I've like heart like I know that show, but I didn't watch it because it was like before my time. <laughs> Girl, you need to catch up on your Three's Company. Yeah, you would love to actually. You would love like the clothes. Yeah, Oh my god! And Patrick Duffy was in that too. Oh my god! From I Dallas, know. from the I I other Those iconic two show. shows were incredible, and she <sighs> she's amazing. Was the sexiest little icon. And the funny thing is, like I told my husband about Step by Step. You're saying Three's Company, and Sean's like, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, the movie put her on the map, which mm-hmm. was American Graffiti. Yes. All different things we all um, feel like really connected to her through is all these different things that she's done. And also, I need to get the, ther- the thigh mask. Mas- oh, mas- yes. Ther- thigh 
master. Say that yes. three times. <laughs> thigh master, thigh master, thigh master. Thigh master, thigh master. Yes. Because <laughs> yes. my thighs are a little, you know, all over the place. But, um, but yeah, who do we have today? Oh my gosh. So we have, talk about an icon. This, this woman is a global icon. She's an actress, producer, composer, author, businesswoman, empire builder, revolutionary. We've got the iconic Suzanne Summers. Not, not, not to toot my horn, but I also have written 27 books. That's right. 27 that's right, that's right. books. When do you sleep? When do you? <laughs> <laughs> I know. You know she... I, I, I value sleep. Sleep is when we repair. Yes. And, um, you know, when I first started writing books in, uh, uh, I guess, I guess I've been writing books for about, I don't know, 30 years now. Mm-hmm. And I used to stay up. Uh, to all hours of the night thinking I was ahead of the game because the Mm -hmm. phone's not ringing and no one was Mm -hmm. coming over and I would, you know, get a few hours of sleep. It did not serve me well. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. And then um, 20 years ago, I was diagnosed with cancer and that's when I decided to change my life Mm -hmm. and eat as though my life depended upon it, sleep as though my life depended upon it. And think the way my as though my life depended upon it, mm-hmm. and it it all worked because you need to sleep, you need to eat properly, and you need to think positive thoughts. When you mm-hmm. talk about sleep, it's funny because um, my husband and I haven't slept in the same beds, and it's because we don't get good sleep together. And I oh. realize that our relationship has thrived so much more now that we're actually sleeping eight hours and we have two small children. And it's such a misnomer that, you know, when you don't sleep together, there's problems in relationships. Also, it makes it more sexy when you don't have someone snoring <laughs> while you're asleep. You're like, well, I actually like you in the morning. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. You don't sleep together as a general rule. Not as a general rule. I would oh. like I would like to sleep with him. The problem is he wakes up a lot. I need eight hours of sleep. We have two kids under the age of seven. One's one and a half years old. Yeah. Um, uh, so what happens is he disrupts my sleep, and I totally believe um, that my hormones get really affected with lack of sleep, and I become a horrible person to be around. So for me, sleep is really important, and I think it's the reason our marriage has survived. <laughs> wow, wow. I've never heard that before. Um, going back to the beginning, because your life, there's so many rich stories within your life, and just to take it to the beginning, um, could you tell us like a little bit about growing up like in your family i know um your dad uh, was an alcoholic how did that shape your childhood and how did that change you you know for better or worse while you're growing up i don't i i, I think i was processing the whole time mm. i was a child and it was pretty violent and we had a closet that we um my brother put a lock on the inside of the closet where we would hide at night when on the really violent nights it wasn't until um, I became a professional and successful that I saw the benefits of negativity. Mm-hmm. And that is that uh, he used to tell me, you know, that I'd never amount to anything, th- those kind mm-hmm. of litanies. And I used to, in my mind, think, yeah, well, I'll show you. Mm-hmm. And so I realized that I got a, a, a bad case of the I'll show yous. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember feeling very um, redeemed one night in Las Vegas. I had my 
big Vegas act at the MGM Grand Hotel and he and my mother were down in front and I called him up on stage to sing him a song and I thought, yeah, well, I showed you, didn't I? Mm. And I've used that all my life. I've used, you know, all the negatives in my life as um, uh, uh, like judo, using forward energy to win. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We all have uh, highs and lows and Mm -hmm. things and bad things that happen to us. And um, uh, you can let it do you in mm-hmm. or you can use it and make it work for you to uh, enhance the mm-hmm. life that you're living. And that's what I've done with all the negatives in my life. Not all of them, but most of them. You know, <laughs> don't, ticking waste, off the don't waste mm-hmm. your pain. That's always a quote that I've, yeah, that I've yeah, had. And, yeah, and yeah. everyone has something and especially artists like us. It's like, everything you've been through, you can create into something and into something beautiful and don't waste it because we're yeah. all connected in a way through pain in some way. Yeah. Um, which goes and back joy. to my, and oh, joy. Yeah. And joy, yeah. of course. Mm-hmm. Not, it's not all just negative, Suzanne. I promise there's joy there too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you got, I've recently had my second child. I'm in my mid thirties and you you're, you got pregnant at 18 years old, which I can't even imagine what that does to a young girl who's growing up. And it was the first time you ever had sex, which is uh, such an in- intense uh, way to view sex. Uh, and walk us through the moment you found out that you were going to be a mother. I, I, and and I, I didn't think that I actually had sex, I kept saying as a good Catholic girl, no, 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 no. but I guess one little guy got in there yeah. and I, I got the scholarship to college and I was in the uh, dormitory. My roommate was Bob Hope's daughter, Nora Hope. Mm. And I kept saying my breasts were so sore. And uh, I finally went to a gynecologist and I said, my breasts, I can hardly sleep on them they hurt so much and he said well dear you're pregnant and mm. I remember thinking pregnant I, I I had been thinking of breaking up with this guy because mm. um I was not in high school anymore and and the, the thrill was gone and so there at at that time uh there was something called you had to get married mm. and uh I had to get married and it was whispered about in the small town and the church that I belong to and all that. And it added to my already low self-esteem and my pain and, and, you know, not feeling good about myself. Um, so I dropped out of school and I married the guy. I did the right thing and I had my baby and I fell in love when they pulled my baby from Mm. my body. Mm. He was right here. And I looked at him Mm. with his worried little eyes. And I said, I promise I'm going to make a good life for you. I said that out loud in the the delivery room. Mm. And I did. I made a lot of mistakes. But um, he always tells me, he said, I I always knew I was loved. I think that's that's probably the most important Mm -hmm. thing you can do for a child. You may make some stupid decisions along the way, but... If they if they grew up knowing mm-hmm. that they are loved and I loved him, um, you're ahead of the game. So he's he's today a productive member of society. Mm-hmm. He's married. He has two kids. He has his own business. He lives a beautiful life. He's so happy. 
Um, so I did something right. Mm-hmm. And the, the idea that, and uh, well, I gave birth to him one month after my 19th birthday. I was pregnant during my 18, mm-hmm. 18th year. Mm-hmm. But um, the, the fact that he turned out so well when I had mm-hmm. no experience, uh, not only at being a mother, but even what a, what a normal family was and, and what a normal relationship with mother and son was. So mm-hmm. uh, when I look at him, I, I, uh, I kind of give myself a little pat on the back, like he did something right. Mm-hmm. You sure did. Um, and also during that time, that initial time when you had him as he was growing up, you were also a very successful actress. So I can only imagine the balance of, you know, being a mom and being in Hollywood and, you know, chasing your professional dreams at that time, too, must have been, you know, like a struggle at some time, some some point. I never went after my career to make it. Uh-huh. I was just trying to uh, make a living to get food, shelter and clothing, the essentials. Mm-hmm. Um, and finally, and I was in love at that point with Alan Hamill mm-hmm. and, um, I was making my living doing, you know, extra work and, uh, you know, local commercials and things like that. Nothing where you made any money. And, um, I finally one day said to Alan, I'm going to move to Los Angeles because there's no work in San Francisco mm-hmm. and I'm going to move there and I'd love to move in with you, but if you don't want me to. I'm coming anyway. Hmm. And so he balked and he, he was afraid to commit, you know, men. And I had my brother, Michael, help me load up a U-Haul truck and we drove to Los Angeles. I moved in with Alan Hamill mm-hmm. and my son. And um, it's been 50 years. Wow. And we're, we're still together. I, I am at, at this stage of my life with Alan in love with him. Mm. I love him, but I'm in love with him. Mm-hmm. I, I get giddy around him. I, mm-hmm. I, I see, I love sleeping with him. Oh you know? no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Our relationship is doomed. Right. <laughs> Where does that spice come from, Suzanne? Where does that passion come from? Like, even after all this time, like, well, like please tell us. Yeah, please tell, tell us. us. We need to know. We're, on, we're, we're, we're both on like year 15 right now. <laughs> so we've got some ways to go, but we want to make it to we where you him. are. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think year 15, those are the hardest years. Okay. Now, children, children, <laughs> children, and they're going into their teen years, and your teenagers will put a lot of pressure on your relationship. It's when they go away to school, mm-hmm. and and then when they move out of the house, so that you get to pick and choose to be with your kids. You know, mm-hmm. I always have been big on having Sunday dinners and mm-hmm. uh, coming and staying with us in our compound here in the desert. Mm-hmm. And uh, it leaves a lot of alone time for Alan and I. It's like we're on mm-hmm. a constant date. We have Sounds a lot so of- sexy. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm at Big Al's bar right now. We come here most every night at five o'clock and oh, have a tequila wow. and we talk. I see, the tequila. A tequila. You <laughs> yeah. are my spirit animal, Suzanne. That is also my favorite cocktail. I'm always like with the tequila. I'm like, where's the stripper pulse? I can understand. It's got a little something, something in there. <laughs> so as yeah, someone who is, so mm-hmm. talking about sexuality, as someone who's on the forefront of the sexual revolution in the 70s, mm-hmm. how do you feel society's perception of sexuality and beauty has changed since then? It's, it's today, it's no big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chrissy Snow, 
that mm-hmm. character I played on Three's Company, every time she jumped for joy, the queen of the jiggle, uh, it, it, it made the news. It, it, was a, <laughs> it was a big deal. Women weren't overtly sexual like that. And the reason it worked for that character was that she was a woman child. Mm-hmm. She had mm-hmm. no idea the effect she had on people. And that was such a fun character to play because of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, today, um, sexuality is for the effect. Mm-hmm. And they're beautiful. The, the women today are more beautiful than they've ever been, I think, in the history of woman, womanhood. And uh, I love looking at these women. They're gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a whole it's just a whole different era right now. Mm-hmm. And it all works for different reasons. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you yourself are considered an icon. In fact, one of the most beautiful people in the world several times over. So um, how do you define beauty? Like what makes a person beautiful to you? Um, beauty. Oh, that's an interesting question. Never been asked that. Um, I think when you are true to who you are, Mm -hmm. that you're honest and real Mm -hmm. and not phony. And then if you throw in some good looks, it helps a little. Mm -hmm. I know it's not a great answer, but, but I think, I think, um, Self-truth is really important, you know, mm-hmm. tell yourself the truth about yourself. I had a lot of therapy to undo mm-hmm. the damage of my childhood. Mm-hmm. And a big part of, of um, what that entailed was really looking at myself, mm. really looking at what I liked about myself and what I didn't like about myself. It's really easy to see what you like about yourself. It's not fun mm-hmm. to look at what you don't like about yourself. Mm-hmm. But if you don't, you'll never uh, fix yourself. Mm-hmm. And our job as adults is to fix ourselves and mm-hmm. to make ourselves um, likable to mm-hmm. ourselves. Mm-hmm. Getting a little too ourselves here. I feel <laughs> like women find it difficult to feel beautiful. I don't know. I, I know I, I never have. And Roxy says that she struggles mm-hmm. with it too. Mm-hmm. Because we're told that that beauty is this brass ring that you never really can achieve. And so when you can't achieve it, you're constantly trying to be more beautiful in what the world sees you as. So it's really, it takes, like you said, a lot of work and a lot of therapy to really, to find that in yourself. And it's not always easy. Mm -mm. Um, I think today's the... um this is the most narcissistic uh, generation mm-hmm. I've ever been aware of. Everybody's, you know, not only taking selfies nonstop, but they have those apps where they can make, you know, mm-hmm. thin their neck down and and um, and take all the wrinkles out of their face, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, if you look on my Facebook page or my website, SuzanneSummers.com. Um, I've never done that. I, mm-hmm. I, I like the way I look. I've always liked mm-hmm. the way I look. And um, it's, is it a classic beauty? No. Is it perfect? No. It's, it's uniquely me. Mm-hmm. And people respond to me in a positive way. I've been told by, in this month, by two different men. They both happen to be billionaires, and they both said, <laughs> you know, when you walk into a room, you light up the room. And I thought, mm. 
Well, isn't that great? Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> and also, you've had to walk into many room of, you know, full of men in your career. So as you are coming up, um, do you think your beauty, because you are so beautiful, do you think that that helped you when you'd walk into a group, you know, of, of these men, especially in Hollywood, or would they try to take advantage of you? Like, what do you, how do you think that that played out? I probably was lucky because mm -hmm. from the moment I moved to Los Angeles, I was always with Alan Hamill. Mm -hmm. And if you haven't met him, you don't mess with him. And um, mm -hmm. he's fiercely jealous. And I think men can smell that. And so mm -hmm. I, 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 men don't come on to me like that. And mm -hmm. I'm glad. I don't have to even deal with that. Mm -hmm. um, but I... I've been treated badly in my mm -hmm. business by men, um, but um, I, I kind of, again, made that work for me. I mean, it was men who fired me from Three's Company because mm -hmm. I hear six when my contract was up. Uh, I had to renegotiate, and Laverne and Shirley had just renegotiated uh, before me, and they gave mm -hmm. ABC a colonic, and so ABC, unbeknownst mm -hmm. to us, had decided that they were not going to let women think that they could be paid equal to the men. And so when Alan went in to do my negotiating, which he had to, the contract was up, as I said, mm -hmm. um, I could not have done any better on that show. Mm -hmm. The show was number one. My demographics were the highest with, of any female on mm -hmm. television at that time. And so it was strictly a rub my nose in it and uh, let all the other women in television know, see what happens to you. Mm -hmm. If you dare to think that you could have the audacity mm -hmm. to ask for what the men were making, who are, were making, by the way, uh, as much as 10 to 15 times more than me. Wow. Wow. 10 to 15 times more. So, you know, when I got fired, I was devastated because I, I achieved, I, I succeeded. Mm -hmm. rather than getting mad, rather than starting a whole campaign of, you know, uh, who do they think they are? Mm -hmm. Alan took me by the shoulders with his wisdom. And he said, we're going to make this work for us. Mm -hmm. And that's when we decided we would never work for anyone ever again, so that I could never be in that position again. Mm -hmm. What I did have was enormous visibility Everybody in this country and in many, many parts of the world knew my name. Mm -hmm. And um, that's valuable. So what do you do with that? So mm -hmm. we took my valuable, well-known name, and he went to Vegas, and he made a two-year deal at the MGM Grand. And, um, and then uh, in the summers, and, and that was a huge success. Mm -hmm. In 1987, I was named Las Vegas Female Entertainer mm -hmm. of the Year along with Frank Sinatra, who mm. was his male entertainer of the year. Mm -hmm. And then we went on the road in the summers when uh, Vegas slows down. And, uh, you know, you can't sit and watch soap operas all day. So mm -hmm. we started thinking about how else we could make money. And the mm -hmm. Thighmaster was our first product. Mm -hmm. And um, we sold 10 million Thighmasters and thought, hey, this entrepreneurship is really... <laughs> It's really easy. <laughs> yeah. So today, you put on high heels and a, and a high-cut leotard, and you can sell thigh masters. Uh, today, mm -hmm. we have a thriving business with over a 1,000 products of mm -hmm. um, 
organic skincare, hair care, organic color um, makeup, um, household cleaning products, uh, everything uh, all certified toxic free. Mm-hmm. And every Tuesday and every Friday, and sometimes on Wednesdays, I cook for my Facebook live shows. Mm-hmm. We do these live shows right here from Big Al's Bar. Mm-hmm. And um, they're at five o'clock so that they can come and have a tequila with us. Mm, favorite. Uh, I'll be there. <laughs> yes. Where are you? <laughs> yeah. you, you should come. You I will. I answer questions oh, and cool. we get a little buzz going. And then I, I teach and talk about, you know, bioidentical hormones and the thyroid and the, you know, what estrogen does and progesterone and what the balance should be. And mm-hmm. women are very interested in that. At your age, you got to be interested because that's down I'm the road. Very interested. Yeah, yes. I'm very interested in hormones for the last ever since having a child. And Roxy can attest to this. Mm-hmm. Like we've had a hormone specialist on the show. My hormones just went completely whacked um, from my hair to my skin to my mood to my mental state to my body. And I realized that you know, before menopause, there's four different stages of the hormones and you can mother, you can exercise, you can think differently in all different phases. And I think hormones are a huge thing that women haven't really um, dug into. And so they wonder why certain things affect them so much, but we we need to talk about hormones. Absolutely. Absolutely. The bulk Mm -hmm. of my books are about uh, bioidentical natural hormone replacement. Mm -hmm. Did this all happen after your second child? Happened a little after my first because I was um, 29, 30 when I had my first and then mid-30s when I had my second. So it it's almost like every child starts to compact how <laughs> your body gets. So it was kind of back to normal. But then after the second, it was like, good night, nurse. It was like, yeah, we're over. Well, Start again. So often, uh, and it happens with the first child, but so often on the second child, when they, you know, cut the opening to uh, allow for a little more room for the baby to uh, maneuver through, they also cut the nerve. And when they cut the nerve, uh, the progesterone uh, production uh, doesn't rev up properly. Mm-hmm. So a woman makes estrogen every day of the month. She only mm-hmm. makes progesterone 15 days a month. Estrogen mm-hmm. is your a carcinogenic uh, mm-hmm. hormone, but mm-hmm. progesterone is the anti-carcinogenic. So you don't want mm. to have uh, a lowered production of progesterone. If, if it were me, I would get a hormone panel done to see where your levels are to make sure that you're not low. The, mm. It's all about the ratio. The ratio mm-hmm. has to be right. You know, I have a book that I think you would really enjoy. Mm-hmm. that I wrote called I'm Too Young for This because most women who are... <laughs> so I say to my husband every day, I'm too young to do with your bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but you'll find yourself in that book. Okay. Yep. So, you know, based on these hormones, because our hormones are like, as Tamman was saying, uh, after we both of us had children, they just were all over the place. So it's kind of like wrangling them again, but also, um, especially with intimacy with our husbands, you know, we talk about the sex periods that we have, like, is it dry? Is it good? Is it, you know, what's going on? So I would love to know your opinion. Do you think sex is better now or is it better like before or at a certain age well i'm on full hormone replacement and so is my husband Mm -hmm. and um 
we we get in trouble for saying this, but we we generally have sex every day. What? Awesome I know. My God. Morning. Are you lying? Yeah. Because <laughs> we're both in the mood. Because our hormones are in perfect uh, balance. I no wonder sex. they're still in love. No wonder. I, I love sex. And when I say that I love sex, people, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, we have sex a couple times a week. But that is it's such great. a big thing. Work. People go, a couple times a week. Oh, my gosh. Because I know people go, you know, dry spells for a month or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. But I love intimacy and I love touch and I yeah. love sex. Mm-hmm. But I, my hormones don't, um, you know, to have an orgasm one day, you know, and to have one every day, it's almost like they're not as strong because your body hasn't, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, replenished. But mm-hmm. apparently these hormones that you're taking, I can take replacement hormones on my hormones and that would be probably problematic. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be running in the other room. <laughs> yeah, I'm not doing anything with my life. <laughs> Isn't it frustrating that mm-hmm. the doctors are so ill-informed mm-hmm. because they don't teach them this in med school. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, our hormones aren't important in, in uh, med school. And uh, our hormones are our communication system. Mm-hmm. Uh, every, all the hormones talk to one another at all times, all during the day, all during the night, 24 hours a day. And so um, your messaging might not be at optimum. I, mm-hmm. Honestly, I, I read, I'm too young for this, and then mm-hmm. find a qualified doctor at the back mm-hmm. of the book and then have your um, your labs done to see if if it were me in the back of the book. There's a, a, a site called Life Extension, and they have a scientific advisory board of 29 doctors, scientists, and professionals. Mm-hmm. They will recommend the right lab test for you to take, and then it has to be ordered by your doctor, a qualified doctor, mm-hmm. and then the Life Extension will interpret the test mm-hmm. for you so that you really find out like what's going on, mm-hmm. uh, you, you know, mm-hmm. life is short. Right. Absolutely. And you know, another subject that's really taboo is sex, you know, as far as even on these podcasts, I mean, we are a very sex positive podcast. We love to talk about sex on this podcast, but why do you think the topic is still so taboo? Even now, um, you know, you get people that are, you know, horrified that you're talking about it. I think it's, it is really a reaction to the fact that the people who get shocked are mm-hmm. doing that because they aren't having the full experience. They aren't mm. having satisfactory orgasms. They aren't having satisfactory sexual experiences. And so it's easier to say, oh my God, how can you talk about that? Mm-hmm. Because if you're loving it, like you just said, you know, mm-hmm. I love sex. I love intimacy. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not shocked or horrified. It's a, it's an important part of life. It's what it's called procreation. Not mm-hmm. that I'm going to have, not that I'm going to have any babies, but I have tricked my body into thinking it could have a baby. Oh. I, I have no, be careful. <laughs> yeah. You never know. <laughs> So we also talk a lot about spirituality and mm-hmm. 
religion, do you consider yourself a spiritual person? Do you fear death and dying like Roxy and I talk about every yes. night? At about seven, about nine yes. o'clock at night, I start to panic. It's, it happens like clockwork. I'm like, oh my yes. God, I'm going to die. I just had a wonderful day. Why does this have to happen? <laughs> do you believe that there's something else after or are you, are you able to just let go of that control? Mm-hmm. Oh no, I definitely feel there's something uh, there's a higher power and there's something mm-hmm. after this. And um, I listen to the voices in my head. I'm very spiritual. Mm. You know, last night, we, yesterday, we went to Los Angeles mm-hmm. and um, uh, we had a driver. And um, while I was in the doctor's office, he went to get a sandwich. And when he came out, our tire had been slashed. <gasps> so we had to have the tire uh, the spare tire put on. So then he picked us up and we get on the freeway and we're an hour into coming back to Palm Springs mm-hmm. and a second tire in the butt in the back mm-hmm. uh, blew up. And luckily he was a, a, like a experienced driver. So he was able to safely get us across the highway lanes. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it, I think it was vandalism. I think somebody slashed mm-hmm. both tires Mm-hmm. And so last night I was lying in bed and uh, thinking, God, why'd that happen? And so, uh, uh, a heavy duty doctor's appointment yesterday. And, mm-hmm. and so I was sort of a little bit on the pity pot last night. And then the voice came in my head and I said, thank you for saving my life today. Mm. And thank you for that doctor who put me on track which probably saved my life. And, and uh, I don't know if you know, but um, uh, almost three months ago, I took a terrible fall and broke my mm, neck. Yes. Mm. And um, I said out loud in my head last night, and thank you for getting me to that doctor in time so that mm. I didn't become paralyzed. And I realized, mm-hmm. wow, there's something saving my life Mm -hmm. constantly regularly Mm -hmm. for some reason i am supposed to live Mm -hmm. i have more work to do and so Mm -hmm. it just gives me a great sense of purpose i think we all need purpose Mm -hmm. and that gave me great purpose last night so that was good i didn't tell you this roxy the other day Mm -hmm. i I should have called you but i was in the car and i was driving i'm in austin so i don't know the roads we've been on a road trip from los angeles down here and i was driving and i turned left and because there was a blind spot as I turned Mm -hmm. left there was a Range Rover coming and he missed me by (gasps) centimeters oh my god it would have been a head-on collision at 60 miles an hour not 50 miles an hour 55 miles an hour and he missed me and it would have been my fault I just didn't see him right and my kids were in the back and I was so shaken and the first thing is self, you know, you say horrible things to yourself, like you're an idiot and how could you not mm-hmm. see this? And you put your li- kids' lives at jeopardy. But what you were saying, Suzanne, is like that in that moment, there was a guardian angel that saved mm-hmm. my life. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's always the thought that you go down. It's like, are we going to be negative or are we going to think and flip it on its ear and be right. grateful? Because without yeah. gratitude, we really have nothing. Right. Yeah, something um, uh, saved your life because you have more to do. Right. And so it's your children's life because theirs is just beginning mm-hmm. and they have a lot to do. So, and that's how I felt last night. I clearly am being 
safe because I um, I have so much more to do. Mm-hmm. You know, and speaking of purpose, um, because a lot of especially young women coming up are looking for purpose and guidance. Um, is there any piece of advice that you could offer, you know, a young lady or young man coming up, no matter what industry they're in, just to kind of if they're looking like your amazing, successful career to kind of model after you? What would you say to them? Do what you love. Mm-hmm. There's, that, there's that saying, do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Mm-hmm. But if you do what you love um, and you don't do it for money, mm-hmm. uh, you will you will have purpose. You will succeed and you'll find yourself in the right place with the right whatever. Mm-hmm. It's a money thing what, that always gets yeah. in the way. You know, it's like, because yeah. yeah. you want to provide for your family. So then you end up doing things that you don't want to do or say yes to things you don't want to do because yeah. you want to but provide. If you, if you do what you love, um, it, it works out. It'll work out. It'll work out. Yeah. Do what you love so much. You would do it for free, essentially. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So exactly. have sex. <laughs> yes, lots and lots of sex. I'll be like, well, Suzanne told me to be here. So I'm just going to give out sex to everyone. <laughs> So Suzanne, before we let you go, would you like to do a quick never have I ever? Do you have time for that? It'll be quick five minutes. Let us know. Uh, tell me what never have I ever. So we just say never have I ever stolen something. And then you say I have or I haven't. Yeah, you say yes or like oh, you have yes or, or no. never. Sure. Okay. Okay. Okay, cool. Okay, Rox, you go. Okay. <laughs> okay, let me get a good one here. Ooh. Never have I ever wished that one of my kissing scenes in Hollywood went on longer than it actually did. <laughs> what that one of my what scenes? One of your one of your uh, love scenes or your kissing, kissing scenes went on longer than it actually did. Um I can answer that yeah, we were doing we were doing a movie project, oh. and I'd be on the set every day. And uh, the following day was going to be a love scene between Suzanne and Anthony Hopkins. Oh! So I, I said to Suzanne, "You know what? I'm not coming to the studio today. I don't want to sit there and watch." Okay? So she got home that night, and, and we're sitting and having dinner. And I said, "How did it go today?" She said. Anthony Hopkins is a great. <laughs> oh, that's really great. I'm really happy. To like, thanks, honey. Oh, and she's like, God. it's yes. my job. It's my, it's job. my job. I get paid yes. to do it. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that is amazing. Anthony Hopkins. Okay. He's number one. Then. He's a good one. Okay. You always have to have one pass. Okay. Yes. Never have I ever. Mm, wanted to kill one of my co-stars not obviously Ooh. but really didn't get on with someone throughout the entire time um no i i, I i've been irritated but mm-hmm. never mm-hmm. never to that degree never never contemplating homicide never like roxy in our relationship yeah, right. <laughs> okay never have i ever Mm-mm-mm. Oh, never have I ever drank so much tequila that I couldn't remember what I did the night before. Oh, I'm sure I've done that. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to one or two, but mm-hmm. there have been nights. It's been so much fun here. We've had three and then I get a little, my lips get a little sloppy. Okay. <laughs> two more. Okay. Never have I ever mm-hmm. been a secret fan of the Kardashians. Oh, no, I admire them. 
Yeah, okay. they work those, hard. Those girls are billionaires. I admire them. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, okay, last one. Never have I ever wanted to walk away from Hollywood forever. Um, I did walk away from Hollywood. When that firing happened, Right. we, we created our own business and we work for ourselves. And mm-hmm. I don't have to follow the pack in Hollywood at all. So I'm free. Do you miss yeah. making movies? No, I really did enjoy making movies. I, I find the schedule terrible. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, when you're in the uh, Hollywood scene, mm-hmm. you have to kind of suck up to people because you want the next gig, you want the right. next job. And uh, I'm, it's just not my style. So mm-hmm. I, but you, I think Al and mm-hmm. I are happy because we work for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you created something that's even bigger than, yeah. than that yeah. ever was, you know? Yeah, yeah. So kudos to you. Thank you, Suzanne. Yes. Thank you, Suzanne. This has been enjoyable. Oh, good. You were like surprised. You're like, this has been (laughs) actually enjoyable. I know. She's like, I actually didn't hate it. It's like people come on the show, Suzanne. They like us. They like us. (laughs) I promise. (laughs) And Suzanne, where where is the best place that people can find you? SuzanneSummers.com. And come to my Facebook page on Tuesdays and Fridays and some Wednesdays to watch my shows. Fantastic. You will love them. You know that Tamina and I will be there with our tequilas in hand, ready to go. (laughs) Standard time. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you so much. And Roxy Soxy, you can find us on Women on Top Official on Instagram. And Women on Top Podcast on Facebook. And I am Tamin Sursok. And I am Roxy Manning. And we are Women, women on, on Top. top.